What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It's Candace and David. Isaac, uh, he is on the IR. I don't even know. <laughs> what, 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 what injury are we going to give him tonight, Candace? I have no idea. Let's, we're we're going to uh, uh, knee soreness. Knee so Okay. All right. Knee, <laughs> knee, um, uh, hangnail on the left thumb. That's what we're going with. <laughs> <laughs> we're coming in. The Memphis Grizzlies win their sixth game of the season, 116 to 102. Uh, Largely powered by number 22, Desmond Bay, 19 for 31 from the field, four of eight from three, seven of seven from the free throw line. That makes my heart happy. I'm so glad to see that. Six <laughs> rebounds, eight assists, one steal, two blocked, 49 points, two blocked shots, excuse me. Massive showing from him. Desmond Bain has already been playing at uh, an all-star slash all-NBA level. There's no way at this point that they leave him out of the all-star game, right? I wish I could say the same. I, I, I He deserves 100% to be an all-star. And, but I, when it comes to the teams that aren't winning anything, they tend to skim over that. And, uh, you know, we got a shot this year because I, I think the way they do the voting, if it's anything like last year, they sort of have guys in order by points per game. That'll help. Uh, Cause he'll be up there um, amongst everybody else as he should be. He's been performing, like you said, all all star, all NBA level. I can only hope that when Ja comes back, they win enough games to at least make people think about it. Um, because I don't really think that that not saying he's gonna drop fifty when Ja gets back, but I, he's shown that he can still be very productive. With job like at one point last year, they were looking like the best backcourt in the NBA until Des got hurt, and so you really hope that they can duplicate that when Ja comes back. Maybe get a little momentum, a uh, little buzz going off of that. People will be watching more with Ja Morant back. Hopefully, people just see that. People, hopefully, people can see then that it wasn't just uh, stat padding. That he really was the only reason why the Grizzlies were competitive in almost any of these games, and that he can get an All Star in that way. So. Hoping for the best, man, but you know, small market. They don't love the they don't love the city of Memphis, that's for sure. I don't get the like the stat padding narrative kind of drives me insane. Yep. <laughs> because yep. W- w- what are you supposed to do? Like it it's abundantly clear that right now Desmond Bain on this team for the players that are playing through the first 20 games of the season. You have Desmond Bain as one, and then there's a gap, and then you have Jaron Jackson at two, and then it's like Grand Canyon size gap to anybody (laughs) below them. Like what what is he supposed when he's the best player on the team? What is it that he's supposed to be doing? Like is he not supposed to be finding this team? Eight assists, scoring 49 points with eight assists is super impressive. Yep, that is you know, and and the thing, it's a monster night in the NBA. He doesn't even have the top scoring game. Joel Embiid, he had fifty the last count. He may have ended up with more than that because the game wasn't over, and it was close. And I think that's really if if you look at this game, the reason Bain didn't go north of fifty was because he got to set for a while. And and I think that, you know, he played 35 minutes. If this game was closer and he gets 37, 38 minutes, we're talking about maybe 
a franchise record and and points yeah. like for a single game from Desmond Bain tonight. Yeah. So not only is he knocking down the shots, he's finding his teammates. I don't know what you expect a player to do when they're the best player on the team. Their stats are just naturally going to be higher when their usage goes up like that. So speaking yeah, of Jaron, um, I, before, actually before I move to Jaron, you got anything else on Bain? Yeah, I was just going to say, I just it's like people expect him to pass up shots so that like Jacob Arabia can get more shots. Like <laughs> it's just, that that's, a, that's how silly it is, man. If it's not Bain, who else is it going to be? And um, I really hope that people pay attention to those assist numbers because those are great to your point. And if people can see that it's not just, you know, 30 points, one assist, you know, if he's going off, he's still helping his teammates. And that's really what you want. It's hard to say stat padding if you're helping and making plays for other players on your team. So anyway, that's all on that. Not to mention any rebounds. steel has been good. Block two block shots. I didn't even pay attention to that. Um, yeah, during the game, up the stat but, sheet tonight. yeah, like that's 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 a stat stuffer. So, uh, anyway, Dez and Bane, all star that man. That's that's all I got to say, really. But we'll see if it happens for real. Jaron had a pretty good game. Uh, yeah. he was two for six from three. You would obviously like to see that be a little bit better 24 points, three block shots, efficient from the field, 10 of 20, 50 percent. He's kind of struggled a little bit offensively. And I had this conversation the other day with the way, like, where Jaron is right now in the season and what we as Grizzlies fans expected from him early on. I think that we get closer to that expectation when Ja returns. I think that changes stuff for Jaron. When you go from being the second option to okay, now you're you're like the third option. I think that's going to open the things up for him a little bit more. And the the more efficient offense that we saw from Jaron at the end of last season, I think we start to see more than that. You saw him tonight going right at guys that he knew could not guard him. And this is steps like progress with him, things that you didn't see him doing even early last season. So I'm happy with the performance there. There's obviously, I I would say my expectation of what I thought he would do early in the season. He has not met that. I thought that he would be playing at, at a higher level uh, with, with the way, you know, like having the run in the summer, but I, I'm not super disappointed in what I've seen from him so far. Where where were your expectations for Jaron early in the season? Did you expect him, you know, coming off that run with Team USA? He played in a lot of games. He's going to come in in game shape, be a little bit ahead of guys that are just kind of stumbling into training camp. Where where was your bar for him? Yeah, I would say that I had a, a pretty high bar for him. I thought he would do better being more consistently in the office, mostly because not just because of the summer run, but more just because he'd had some of his best games when Ja wasn't playing. So, or not just one game, but like stretches of time where Ja wasn't playing and the whole him getting more attention from the defense thing was offset by the fact that he got more touches and people looked for him more in the paint. And he was able to capitalize on that. I'm actually not so sure. I think on paper, people think that when Ja comes back, it's going to make a dramatic difference in his stats. I'm really not convinced of that, not necessarily. I'm not saying it's impossible at all, but I'm just saying I don't think that it's the guarantee. People think, um, because he had a 
you know, a really efficient year last year. And I don't know that he gets back to that just because Ja comes back. I understand that, yes, teams won't be scouting him the same. Absolutely. He's going to have more wide open shots. But how many wide open three-pointers has he missed? I mean, ain't nobody guarding him tight from three. And that has really made a difference with his efficiency on that. So I just um, not disappointed with Jaron overall. I think I've, I've been in debates with people on this. I still say that he has regressed in comparison to where he was last year, just statistically around the board in terms of efficiency. Now, does that mean I think he's fallen off as a player? It does not. I expect his efficiency to go a little bit up, but I'm just not sure. I think people have higher expectations of him when Ja comes back than maybe they should. It just could be a more down year for him. And that's okay because, I mean, Ja sort of had a down year by his standards last year. I think Ja will bounce back from that. But for me, um, yes, he's underperformed some, not upset with him in any way. But I do think you, you'd love to see a little bit more from him than what you have. And I think some areas, like the three-point shot in particular, is, I mean, I, <laughs> that ain't because of the defense, man. It's not it's not just because people are guarding Jaren so tight at the three-point line. I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is. You look at his efficiency numbers from last year: fifty, almost fifty-one percent from the field on thirteen field goal attempts, and then thirty-six percent from three on four and a half threes. And then you look at his numbers this year; his minutes are up, so his field goal attempts go up from thirteen to sixteen, right. and his three-point attempts go from four and a half to five. And you see field goal percentage drop 8%. And you see three-point percentage drop 7%. And so does is it a guarantee that you're going to see him get back up to 36% three-point shooting? I would say the answer to that is no. But do I think that he is a 42% shooter from the field night in and night out when Ja gets back? The answer to that is also no. So I, I think that you see him somewhere in between yeah, what you saw last year and where he where he's been so far this year. Yeah. He's averaging 19.6, that's a career high, and 6.2 rebounds. Uh, his block shots are down. His steals are down. Mm -hmm. But anytime that you have more usage on the offensive end of the floor, right now, can he – expend all of that injury and, and holy crap, excuse me, the energy. Can he expend all of that energy on the defensive end of the floor and still be a true second option on the offensive end of the floor? And, and I don't think that he's at that point in his career where he can do that. I think that he's still learning things and that's okay. Cause he's 24 years old. So there, there's still room for him to grow. And I think that we see that continue to happen as the season moves on. I don't expect him to just go into this crazy hyper-efficient and Ja comes back, he's averaging 23 points, and you see uh, his, his three-point percentage jump up from the 28 as what it is now all the way back up to 36. But I do think you see it creep back up. He's a career 35% three-point shooter. I think you get closer to that. Then, you know, his, his career low was uh, his age 21 season. He was 28% from three. So 
I don't think that that's going to happen again. And that, that was a season he only played 11 games. So that was not even a huge sample size. I just think that the efficiency when Ja comes back goes up. You may not see the overall numbers. Like he may not go up from 19.6 points a game, but if he stays right around there and he does it on 13 shots at a more efficient rate, that's great for the team. The question is, you know, can he translate to getting less shots and still be and in, in, in increase his efficiency? Maybe. Um, I think I, I still stand by I think any any efficiency improvement will be probably marginal. Um because I don't think I don't on paper, yeah, he's getting more defensive attention, but I also just don't think I think people focus a ton of attention on Bane and like like you said, gap, then attention on Jaren. So um um we'll see. We'll love to see, you know, him break out. But I just know one of the main things that we were concerned about when Ja was playing was the chemistry between Ja and Jaren and how Ja often looks off Jaren and how he doesn't get touches to Jaren. So that's been less of an issue. I mean, some there are still stretches of time where you're wondering, get the ball to Jaren. But that's been less of an issue so far. How does he adjust to that? I mean, if you really look at it, Dylan Brooks was actually – the most consistent person with getting him easy paint touches. It wasn't Ja. And so I just wonder what that looks like when they get together. I don't see, I mean, perhaps, I mean, Ja has been practicing with the team. So it's possible that in that practice time, they've been able to work on that chemistry um, in a way that they weren't able to in previous off seasons. We shall see. But if it's based on anything like it was last year, uh, to me, it's actually a little bit of a concern. Nobody's talking about that or that dynamic when Jai gets back, because everybody's so excited about Jai coming back, rightfully so. But I think that's something that I'm genuinely curious about when it comes to getting the best out of your players. And if they're going to make a run, they're going to need the best out of all three. Does that Jai and Jaren chemistry issue appear and sort of hold back hold back Jaren and where he could really contribute in some ways? We'll see. Yeah, I think that you're going to have – so let's look down tonight's box score, right? The the shots taken. David Roddy started, takes three shots. Bismack started three shots. Derrick Rose starting point guard, seven shots. You get eight from Noel. You get nine from Aldama, four from Conchar, and four from Tilton. I think it's completely feasible that you still see Jaron. Jaron's averaging almost 16 shot attempts a game right now. I think it's um, 15.6 is what he's averaging right now. I don't know that that goes down much whenever Ja comes back. I think that that stays about the same because... Question. Are you forgetting that? that other people will come back shortly after Ja, like Marcus Smart and Luke Kennard? I, no, I, I I get that, but you look look at the bench and look at where the, the shots are going. Um, you know, we're not even sure that Noel is going to be on this roster after this second ten day. They have to make a decision. You can't two ten days. That's the limit. At the end of the second yeah. ten day, they have to decide: Are they going to shine sign Noel for the rest of the season? Are they going to let him walk? Um, so that that's eight shots coming off of the bench. Luke Kennard last season, I don't think he he didn't average that much. 
But yeah, you've got smart. You've got, there are definitely other guys coming back other than John Morant, but I still think that Jaron stays right around that 16 to 18 shots per game mark. So you think, well, well, obviously Bane's going to take a cut in shots. So you think most of the cuts comes from Bane? Um, yeah, I. So I then Bane becomes the number three option in terms of touches. Bane becomes the third option. I mean, are you? I saying, think that I think that's a mistake if that happens. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, I agree. Yeah, like I'm asking if we're being if we're being honest right now, as far as offensive options. Desmond Bain is the best offensive option on this team 100%. because he's a three-level scorer. 100%. And, and John Moran has not been efficient, uh, efficient enough from deep to say that he's the number one option. Now, But he is. He, yeah. And, and because of his athletic ability, mm-hmm. he he's is. going to be. Right. Right. Like because of who he is. And, and that's okay, too. But I, I don't think that we have seen that as far as pecking order of the offense, that Bain is ahead of Jaron. And I don't think that changes when Ja comes back. I think that Bain goes from one to one B and Jaron stays instead of being option two, he goes from two to three. So, you know, uh, Bain last season averaged 16 shot attempts a game. He's up to 19 this year. Uh, and that was th- these stats are before tonight's game. It doesn't have tonight's game figured in. Yeah. Um. You know, th- th- there'll be a lot to unpack. You know, you have the shots from Brooks, which I I expect that you're going to see Marcus Smart kind of take those attempts. What what mm-hmm. Dylan was doing last year? Maybe um, less. Hopefully less. I mean, we got him for less, right? We got him for less shot you, attempts. You would think so. Like my in a perfect world, I would love it. If Marcus Smart was taking between six to eight shots a game and just playing lockdown wing defense, would love that. Is that going to happen? I I don't know. You know, Taylor Jenkins, look at what Brooks, you know, he's not as hot now as what he was to start the season. Go figure. But his – his leash is not a hundred miles long either in Houston. He knows what he's out there to do. And I don't know if it was a Dylan Brooks ego thing here, or if it was lack of a backbone from the coaching staff for them to say, listen, this is what you need to do for this team. Anything outside of that is not okay. I know you've been here for a while, but these are the guys that are going to be the offense. This is what I need from so, does Marcus Smart have that much leash? I don't even. What, what do you call? I hate using that term. That's a. It's a terrible term, but I. I don't know a better way to 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 frame it honestly. Yeah. Like, does he have that much leeway, or does this coaching staff make him reel that in? That's a great question, and because we'll and we'll find out for sure. It almost is the reverse of of the Dylan Brooks experience in that Marcus Smart with the Celtics. Being around two elite scorers in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, he didn't. He averages like nine point nine for all of the shot chucking and all of that that Celtics fans complain about. He averaged around nine attempts per game, which is what was encouraging to me because that was better than anything that Dylan Brooks was giving you, even if it was 
you know, same efficiency around level. Yeah, there was okay. no like they were pretty much neck and neck in efficiency. Right. Smart just took less shots. Less shots, exactly. We're gonna find out if that was just a coaching thing or not. And if Marcus Smart comes in here and he John Morant is playing and he's taking as many shots as he was when John Morant was not playing, then we're gonna know that's a coaching issue off the bat. Um, because we he's shown no no indication in his career, Marcus Smart. And you otherwise would take that many shots unless the coach allows it. And you're seeing the reverse with Dylan. I think the two of those together will point to one source, and that will be Taylor Jenkins. Yeah. We'll find out, though, pretty soon. Five games, five more games till job returns. You know, I, I tried to get you to convince me last time as to why a team would not sign Noel as well as he's been playing for this team. And you know, you're like, I, I've got nothing. I said this on Twitter, and I'll say it here. What Zach Kleiman does with this roster when we get to the end of this second 10-day with Jalen Noel is going to tell me every single thing that I need to know about him. And I'll be completely honest with you. If Jalen Noel is not on this roster throughout the rest of this season, I don't know that Zach Kleiman gets this team to a championship. Yep. Because you you cannot say that this is what we're building when you have Noel is what 23, 24, 24. years old? 24. Tw- uh, tw- you know, you go out and you sign a 24-year-old who shouldn't have been on the street to begin with. He should have been on a roster somewhere. That's still crazy to me. But he was. Thank goodness for the Grizzlies, because I don't know that they have three of these six wins without him. Um, but y- you make the draft pick, and and we watch these guys struggle mightily. And then you go out and you sign him, and he's playing big minutes for you, big rotation minutes, and not just playing big, non-productive rotation minutes. He's out here, and he's helping you win ball games. Yep. That's what you Barbing need. And being a six man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you need length from the wing. You need another defender on this team. Vince Williams is the wing that you develop. And if you want to leave him behind Jalen Noel, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that. Not really. But if you get to the end of this 10 day, and you don't extend him through the rest of the season and you maintain the same players that you have on this roster moving forward for the rest of the season, you're not serious about winning. Yep. 100% agree. I 100% agree. I, I'd said something similar. I said pretty much the same thing on Twitter myself is that if he does not extend Noel, I'm out on him. I understand that he's a guy that just got here and he was on the couch but I also understand the difference that he makes for this team. It would, it would purely be pride and I guess financial greed contracts or whatever, trying to cut corners on money to keep Jake LaRavia over Jalen Noel at this point. It would just be malpractice. I understand that, that uh, LaRavia is owed more money over multi-year deals, what have you. And I understand that people are like, well, we're going to get more healthy. 
Okay. Well, we've been saying that for like three years. So I'm just going to be honest, like this team has not really been healthy and had a truly healthy run from a starting lineup that was intended much of any time. I think maybe it was like 21 games last season and this, they still haven't had their starting lineup as intended and they won't for the rest of this season. So I don't think that they can afford to have the luxury to say, well, we'll get everybody back healthy and we'll be fine, even though our depth stinks. You need guys who there's still plenty of basketball left to be played. Plus, if they get in the playoffs, you need guys like Adela Noel who you could start in a pinch. Not ideally, but who could start and do a serviceable job for you. I think he did pretty well, but obviously he's more comfortable in his role off of the bench. You get more off out of him off of the bench. You add him with a Luke Kennard. You add him with developing with Vince Williams Jr. And you're really, plus Dante Aldama, you're really cooking with something then in your depth. And you can turn it around the, the really bad depth problems that they had. You can turn that around with this decision. Zach Kleiman, I'll turn it back over to you after this, David, but Zach Kleiman pretty much asked a rhetorical question that had an obvious answer before. And that was, should we have double down youth? And the answer was obviously no. If he makes the decision, you can argue contracts, you can argue guaranteed money, whatever. I mean, Arabia, I mean, it, should, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. But if you're going to argue that, that you, what you cannot refute is that if they choose to keep a guy like that on the roster as opposed to Jalen Noel, that's tripling down on youth. That's more than doubling down. That's tripling down. This is your opportunity to undo that mistake. They can make it right, right here, right now, and be back on the trajectory of what they did before. I think we can look back now and really wonder, should they have traded away DeAnthony Milton? Probably not. Playoff woes or not, um, he, he would have been useful. You can make up for that with a guy like Taylor Noel. They don't have the exact same skill set but they provide the same winning impact. So we, I agree with you 100%, David. It seems like it may be dramatic, but I think you can project the mindset of your GM and say, does your GM have a go for it, win now, take advantage of opportunity instinct? It's either yes or no. And if it's no, you're probably not going to be able to win a championship with that GM in the end of the story. So right now on LaRavia's contract, he's looking at 3.2 basically this season, 3.3 and 24-25, and then his final year is the highest value, 5.1 million, which is going to add up to just over $11 million. They've cut significantly more than that. Yep. Um, in previous seasons. And so if you're serious about winning the title, that $11 million is a, a drop in the bucket. If they win a title, you'll look back, that $11 million will not even be a blip on the radar. So, you know, we've kind of, we, we ran off of a path away from the game here. But it's based off of what we're seeing. Six for eight tonight. 
extremely efficient. That mid-range jumper just great. dry like butter. And they need that. They need a mid-range. We wanted Zaire to be that. He's mm-hmm. he's up and down. That's what he is. Yeah. He's very up and down depending on the circumstances. Noel seems like he can be a more consistent mid-range guy. They need that. And I'm not like Zaire. There's no doubt about it. He's struggling, but I'm not out on him. You, no, you have to have young, young end of bench guys. He he's he's 22 years old. Give this kid some time. Like w- w- when we get, I don't even know how. Do you know how Larabi is? He's around that same age, I think. Yeah, I think Larabi is older. I thought he was an older prospect, from what I understand. Yeah, Laravia. And and Zaire about the same age. The difference is Laravia played a a full college career. Yeah. And Zaire really didn't. Like Zaire's pretty much a straight out of high school prospect. When whenever you look at the games that he played at Stanford, and it takes those guys time. So, you know, is he one all oh, will run him out of here because he's not doing no, because I will 1,000% of the time say that Zaire has more upside than Jake LaRavia. Oh, yeah, no question. And the, the frame, the there have been things that he has flashed that I'm like, okay, I could see the vision there. I don't know that you're ever going to get there. Some guys spend their whole career being two years away. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm hoping that that's not the case with Zaire because I like his energy I like, you know, when you get him on media days and stuff like that, I like what he brings to the mic. And, and that doesn't, you know, doesn't necessarily translate on the floor. It doesn't mean anything on the floor. You need him to produce on the floor. But I think Jake LaRavia is what he is, and there's no ceiling for him. So move on, bringing a guy like Noel on for the rest of the season. They're six and fourteen right now. When Ja comes back, December twenty first, nineteenth, whatever, whichever game they decide. I've heard different things on. He's not going to play on the nineteenth. He's going to wait to come back whenever he's home on the twenty first. He was asked on Instagram, and he said December nineteenth. Okay, well, I, I hope it is sooner the better. Yeah, he, but, he said nineteenth. It'd be hard, I think, to keep him off the floor because of a home or away game. You, you look at. They'll, they'll only be 25 games into the season at that point. There are still 57 games, 57 games to play. They're nowhere near eliminated. I, I've seen talking heads. Should the Grizzlies make a change? What do they need to do? Yada, yada, yada. This team is far from done. Six and 14, they've looked terrible. They've been hard to watch. We've got on here plenty of times and had nothing but a bash fest because there's nothing else you can talk about because there was no positives. So we have seen some positives lately, mm-hmm. but the talent on this team, when John ja Morant comes back, there's enough there that they can make a run. Are they going to win a championship this year? I don't know. I I would not bet that they're going to win a championship this year, but it's also not out of the question. Yeah. Given that, especially with what we're seeing with the play-in and the opportunities that it provides and just the momentum that you can gain from that, I I do agree it's hard to rule it out. It's hard to see it, 
<laughs> but I think that even if you're not saying that this is the year, you have to make moves like it is. You've already invested and made when when moves now, when now moves. You you can't just decide to switch streams because then, then you're just inconsistent and you'll never get anywhere that way. You'll just stay mediocre. Yeah, and, and the the one of the biggest things that I talked about early in the season is what this team was doing on the defensive end of the floor. They they went from one of the best defensive teams in the league last year to they were way down around 20th early in the season, and they've climbed back into the top 10 on the defensive rating. Their offense has still been booty, but when you add a guy like John Morant to that, they're 29th in the league in offense right now. When you add an all-NBA-level point guard to that – that is going to get better. And that top 10 defense with an improving offense, there's no telling what's going to happen. And then you're not just adding John Morant back. Marcus Smart has missed a lot of time now. Luke Kennard, I don't think he's played, what he played, four or five games so far this eight. season? Eight. I just I was checking to see how many uh, attempts he was averaging. So, yeah, eight, eight games. Yeah. So, you know, there there is – basically nowhere to go but up from here. So I'm I'm still optimistic, even though there have been times where I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm optimistic or not. Adding Bismack is huge. He is, I don't even know if I want to call him a poor man, Stephen Adams, because I feel like he's played at a higher level than that. I think that he is the absolute best possible replacement for Stephen Adams that you could have gotten. I'm not gonna um, say. Well, he's been playing pretty poorly as of late, but in but terms yeah, of fantasy, you look at what what's he he's doing. What you need him to do, right? He's doing to, what you need. So I think a poor man, yeah, Steve for, Adams, is probably the accurate description, given that his finishing has dropped off quite a bit. Yeah, I think for, he's a four poor assists, eleven rebounds. He was a negative one tonight, two points. But you didn't bring him here to score. Right. You don't care if he scores. You want him to rebound the basketball and play defense, well, and he's been points. doing that. I want him to finish bunnies. I do, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, we want everybody to finish bunnies, but you know, I've kind of resolved myself to the the mindset that it's not going to happen consistently with this team to save myself from going insane. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'll, I'm a three from three for nine from the field, one for three from three. Um, He's been up and down this season. John Conchar got uh, quite a bit of run tonight, three for four from the field, knocked down two threes, pulled That's seven rebound. rebounds. Yep. As this team gets healthy, I, I want to go back to Noel. Uh, there's not a whole lot else to talk about as far as uh, the stat sheets because the rest of it's pretty much underwhelming. I want to go back to Jalen Noel and let Jenkins consistently run in an I-man rotation. When you add John ja Morant, Marcus Smart, and Luke Kennard back to this team, does that lead to him falling out of the rotation? Jalen Noel, right? If he's still, we're 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 going to assume for all intended, like for this situation, that he is still on the team. You add Smart, Morant, and Kennard back to this team. Does Noel fall out of the rotation? No, if I'm Jenkins, I, it's Roddy that falls out of the rotation. Right now, Roddy's a starter. You're placing Marcus. Marcus will start. So in terms of your bench unit, Kennard is really the person who, who will be um, 
taking somebody from the bench. I mean, compared to what you got now, I think it's Roddy and maybe even Vince. You know, I, I love Vince and I think he can be great develop, uh, but this team shouldn't be worried about development. And if it comes to the cost of somebody who I think they should develop, so be it. If it if it leads to winning basketball, but I think I'm not sure you have to make that choice necessarily. I don't think. Vince is Vince is still on a two way. Is he? Or is yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he's on two way. Yeah. So no, like you don't have to. You know, you've got him for 50 games before he becomes ineligible, right? Or before, like, you have to like promote him or whatever. Great. So <laughs> that's not something that you have to deal with this year. If you sign Noel for the remainder of the season and you're like, okay, what we've seen from Vince is enough that we're going to sign Noel for this year and we're going to come into next season with the expectation that Vince Williams is going to take over that Noel role, I think that you're fine. I think that you're good with that. And they may have seen enough from Williams in this stretch that they're like, all right, we're going to do that anyway. But I find it hard to believe that they would cut a guy for somebody that's already on the roster. I almost feel like that would have to be a situation where, okay, Noel has played at a high enough level. We have to keep him on the team. Oh, no, I agree. I wasn't insinuating they have to cut Vince. I was talking about in terms of rotation minutes. I was saying, when I tell you who was yeah, out, no, no. I, didn't, I didn't mean in terms of um, I'm a, this is assuming that they keep him has a rotation look. I was responding to that. No, yeah, they no, don't have to make a decision on that right now. I got you. I wasn't saying that you were implying cut Vince. That's not – I'm just saying, like, they – that shouldn't even be involved in the logic, like Vin, right. with him being on that two way. Right. You have him under control. Like just, you know, keep Noel. He, he's playing at a higher level right now because of the NBA experience. When you get into the playoffs, that's going to be something you want more of that rather than what Williams is going to bring you in the uh, inexperience and inconsistencies. Um, so, yeah, no, I would like cutting Vince Williams will not come out of my not not I won't say will not ever, but right now I, I find it hard to believe that it will ever come out of my mouth. I think if you're making cuts, you're looking at Lofton. Yeah. For for you for Bees for Bees Mac. And I think yeah, you're and, looking at, at Jalen Noel. I think you're looking at Arabia. Yeah. And that is I have pretty much melded in that Lofton once Morant comes back, that Lofton is no longer going to be a grizzly. Right. Because I just. They're not using him anyway. I yeah. mean, I think he better, he's better yeah. off somewhere where he can have a shot. Yeah. That is. There's There was never, ever going to be another time to really see what you had in him. And they didn't even take the opportunity to do that. Right. For what whatever reason that is. If that was a vendetta because he came into camp out of shape. Or whatever, you know, th that's neither here nor there. Right. I, yeah, I, I've made it known on here how I feel about Lofton. I think that he is definitely an NBA player. Um, and I think that he'll go somewhere else and thrive. But, you know, on the other hand, you have to take into consideration all right, this is your NBA career on the line, and he comes into camp and he's overweight. So, how serious is he about it? Right. Exactly. So I hate it for both sides. I mean, you just, you hate it didn't work out, 
but I'm not even sure that the offensive system that Jenkins runs would would have really suited his skill set. So, you know, I do wish him well in his other journey because I'm with you. I think it's almost a certainty that he's gone for sure because you don't really even lose any guaranteed money on that. Not really. Um, so it's him. And then the real question is just the Jalen Noel question, you know, will they extend him or will they just let him walk? And I strongly feel it will be a mistake to lose a good off the bench wing. Michael really can be a microwave scorer at times, but even if he's not, there are very few guys who can provide zero offense quite literally because he had a game where he literally provided zero offense, but still have winning impact on the defensive end, still have winning impact offensively in terms of being able to make the right reads, make the right passes. Um, he still being a shot creator himself brings gravity to a certain extent. Even if it's not, even if the shots aren't going in, he can still use that. You having a defender follow him to get someone else open. And so he was still, I mean, I, I remember the, the game he had no points. I was still pleased with just how he looked out there, especially when you're looking at some of the minutes you've seen from your other guys. Um, your Laravias, your um Conchars for that. I mean, Conchar can be up and down, but but Conchar really is kind of boom or bust in the sense of if the shots really aren't falling for him. He can still do hustle plays, but offensively he can still sometimes be a liability. I still feel like Noel was an improvement over that, just because I mean it's a part of its size, um, but also just his ability to to dribble, to create for himself. Um, that mid-range shot. I mean, they just need somebody who's willing to take those shots. They really don't even have a, a guy on this team who will take those opportunities and make a defense think about that. So Derek Rose coming off of the bench is yeah. that guy, I think. Yeah, he you is. Know, when everybody's healthy, I think that he is. And so that that is this is obviously it, it's a tough decision, but I think it just comes down to ego. Because if you're talking basketball, I don't feel like there's any argument as to why you would take LaRavia over Noel. There's not much difference in age, not not enough to be like, oh, well, he's old. At 24 years old, you still got a whole lot of basketball left in you. So the, the age, if that's part of your argument, I'm not even trying to hear that. But. Yeah, I, I just I can't make any type of logical argument as to why you would retain a player when you have somebody here that can play and I think could legitimately play playoff rotation minutes for you. Yeah, 100% agree. I'm I'm 100% agree. We'll see what they do, but big moves on the way. But in the meantime, happy about the momentum that the Grizzlies are sort of building I think they've looked very good the past uh four games or so and so you just take that as an encouraging sign they've never had a four game stretch where they look decent so I'll take this for sure and yeah, definitely I mean this know, season by the way yeah you know four, four and six in their last 10 and it feels like they've won eight <laughs> like just because the way this season started and so many of those games were just man excruciating to watch so to, to to watch them now compared to where they were a few weeks ago it, it feels so much better 
I don't even know how long we've gone. I feel like we went a little bit long on this show, but that's all right. We can do that every now and then. Candace, you got anything else before we get out of here? Oh. Yep. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Still on good. But yeah, no, I think I'm good. I, I think we, there's definitely a lot to talk about, a lot to overcome at this point rehashing it all and the different options is just speculation. I think we should just focus on the fact that the Grizzlies are winning right now um, and they look good even when they are losing against that Phoenix Sun games. We, we can get the chance to talk about that, but the team looked good in that loss. They were very competitive and I took a lot from that. So I like what they're building. and I'll, I'll, That'll be my focus for now. Agreed. We will wrap it up next game Friday night at home. This was the game that was added because of the uh, the end season tournament. They didn't give us a full 82 game schedule because that was going to depend on what happened with that. The Grizzlies played themselves right out of it early in the season. So Friday night at home against Minnesota. Feel like we've been here before. I hope that the Grizzlies show up a little bit better. And uh, what they do? Did they beat them at home last time? I don't think they did. I don't even no. remember. I've slept too no, many that was, times. That was a non-competitive game. It was really yeah, – that, that's the game. Was that the embarrassing Marcus Smart game? That, I think that was yeah, the Marcus Smart speech. You know what? I think it was. I yeah. think you're right. Because it was yeah. unkind. It was bad. Like, they were – the body language was terrible. It, it was really bad all across the board. And I think that's the game where we got the Marcus Smart embarrassing speech. And they it seemed to have been a catalyst to put this team – in a different position. So full circle opportunity for the Grizz to show, if nothing else, more competitive spirit. Yeah, sure hope so. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Isaac, I believe we'll be back with us on Friday night. Yep. Um, we'll, I keep telling y'all, hey, we'll be back this game. I'm not like, I don't even know for sure. I've had so many issues with the streams this year. I've missed... I know for sure I've missed four games because either Bally was down or the the way that I was trying to stream the game, I could not get it to load. So if the basketball guys will allow me to watch the game (laughs) Friday night, we will be back with a post game. Uh, If not, we'll be back sometime this weekend for sure. We always enjoy you guys tuning in. Holler at us on Twitter or X app, whatever you want to call it. The show is at ethos Grizzlies. I'm at NBA D will two one. Isaac is Isaac double underscore NBA. That's I-S-A-A-C underscore underscore NBA. Candace is going to let you know where you can find her and get us out of here. Yep. All right. So uh, we got the upcoming game against the Timberwolves, like we said, on Friday night. It's a really good opportunity to see how far the Grizz have come in the past week, seeing if they can really move forward and if they really have gotten over the hump against a really good team. And can they win some home games? We'll find out. They got the are they still at the one win, David? It's the one win, right? That's right. Yeah, uh, right. yeah so let's see if we can get the two. That'd be nice. But anyway, you can find me on Twitter at KingH901. And that's all. That's it. That's all we got for today. So.